Hello and welcome to Downsizing, the alleged health and fitness podcast that's really just an excuse for me to discuss anime. I'm your host, the human air mattress, Tim Down. I was hoping to get down to the 270s this week, um, and when I got on the scale it dipped down to 279 but held at 280. So, uh, we're flirting with 270, we're trimming down, we're not quite there yet, um, out of curiosity, I also checked to see what my BMI was like when I first lost a bunch of weight, um, and uh, it was still obese. I weighed 225 pounds, so my BMI was 32.3, which is obese class one. Um, and by the way, uh, below obese is not healthy. Below obese is overweight. <laughs> so... Um, as I was writing this, I actually looked up what I'll be at at 200 pounds, which is, of course, the end goal of this podcast. Um, and I'm still going to be tucked neatly into the overweight range. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but uh, honestly, that's it's kind of fine with me. Uh, as we discussed in the last episode, uh, BMI isn't everything. Um, you know, I'm sort of hoping that once all the fat melts away, or reveal, it will reveal, you know, a taut iron-forged muscular body, uh, which will account for the the higher BMI. Um, I could also end up looking like Captain America pre-serum, but I I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, For lunches this week, I made some slow cooker orange chicken tacos. Um, And an issue I have with cooking is that I sometimes make snap decisions that I feel like are kind of inconsequential at the time. Um, that kind of fucks the whole thing up. Um, For example, the first time I made kimchi, uh, I felt that the recipe I used didn't make enough paste, um, and I didn't think it was going to ferment properly because it didn't cover all the cabbage. Uh, So I made a snap decision to add a bunch of salt and water to make sure that the cabbage was covered. Um, So I think instead of making kimchi, I technically made, like, Korean sauerkraut. Um... Which was still not bad, but it did make me want to throw up every time I opened the jar. So, not really what you're looking for in something to eat. Unless you're from a Scandinavian country, as we uh, as we discussed in the previous episode on delicacies. Um, but for this week, my taco recipe called for two to four chilies in adobo sauce. So, I bought a little can of chilies, and when I was prepping all the ingredients, I was like... Eh, it's a little can. I'll just put them all in, use it all up, you know. Um, but there was probably like, I don't know, 15 chilies in the can. Um, so my orange chicken tacos didn't taste very orange at all. I think, I guess I made chili chicken tacos. Um, I also ended up making pickled pineapple um, based on an ad I saw on Instagram. Um, and I did mess with that recipe too, but it turned out... Um, pretty great as far as pickling stuff i made a few pickled things in the past usually i follow the recipe as far as like um like the water and sugar content but then kind of throw in other stuff so uh, and this recipe also called for like jalapenos and cilantro so i used i put that in but i also put in um some pink peppercorns and uh, i think like half an onion i wanted to put like a shallot or uh, like a red onion to try and change the color a little bit, but didn't have any. Um, and they're really good, but they're really fucking intense. Like it's very spicy, very vinegary. 
I mean, I recommend it, but it's not a eat on its own kind of thing. You got to add it to something because otherwise it's just like, you know, clear sinuses. Um, but, uh, you know, pickling fruit is never something I would have considered before I saw that ad on Instagram. Like even just the idea of it sounds pretty gross. I mean, I don't know, the idea of like a pickled apple, I find very repulsive. Not really a fan of that. Um, but someone figured, figured out pickling fruit, you know, just like someone figured out that you can eat, you know, mushrooms and, and chicken ov- ovulations. And, you know, I'm grateful because all those things slap except for mushrooms. Um, you know, I'm, I'm slowly but surely turning into Bradley only with all this, you know, pickling and fermenting and all this shit. Um, I'm like a mini me Bradley Oni. Like I won't be sponsored by Yeti, but you know, maybe by some high end sippy cup company. Um, now, as I mentioned before, one of the rules that I have, uh, that I've had the hardest time with is not drinking pop. Um, part of it is the stuff itself. I mean, vanilla Coke is back and it's my absolute favorite and I'm, I'm just gutted that I can't have any. Um, but I also think that it was because it was part of my reward system. It was like a little, little treat for myself. Um, and for the most part, I've replaced it just with sparkling water because, you know, it hits a lot of the same spots as pop. But I've also dipped my toes into kombucha. Not literally, of course. Uh, but I think, I think I'm drinking too much. Um, you know, today I had a kimchi pancake for breakfast. I also had a, a can of kombucha. And then I had a bottle of kombucha at dinner. And, um, yeah, it, it fucked up my guts for real like it's way too many probiotics you know like everyone says that fermented foods are good for your gut bacteria and i think i've started like a a bacteria pandemic in my stomach like it it literally feels like i've been poisoned um so i think i'm gonna have to ease back maybe drink like some unsweetened tea or you know just drink water like a like a normal person like a normal human that's not addicted to sugary drinks um but on the other hand, I am still obese. So on some level, I, I do have to kind of act the part, you know. Um, in a similar vein, this week I felt really motivated to change my schedule. Um, my general approach now is to wake up literally, you know, like a half hour before I start my shift and just rush in the morning to get there on time. Uh, this is mainly because I, either, I stay up really late either working on the podcast or far more likely just generally fucking around. But this week, I decided, no, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to get stuff done in the morning before I go to work. So I'm alert and ready for my day. So I was all set. I had an alarm set for 7.30 a.m. I got into bed at 10. I listened to a body scan meditation. I couldn't have been more prepared. Um, So you can imagine my dismay when I woke up and I felt like I just finished a, a week long bender. I felt like I drank a six pack and ate a pizza right before bed and only slept for like four hours. I mean, I actually feel pretty great after sleeping for just four hours, to be honest. I mean, maybe it's the adrenaline rush, but I mean, I got nine hours of sleep and I felt like a big old sack of garbage when I woke up. And I, I mean, I guess I overslept, you know, nine hours I guess technically maybe is oversleeping, especially if I'm usually sleeping like six or seven. But I mean, oversleeping in general is such a fucking scam, you know? Like, 
Like what? My body knows the exact length of time I need to be asleep. Like how many exact hours? Hours are made up, my guy. I'm in my body and I know it doesn't know a thing about time at all. And I think, I don't know, if we're going to do like a 2.0 version of the human body, we should have rollover minutes for sleep. You know, I mean, once enough people are vaccinated with the Bill Gates microchips, I'm sure we'll be able to, you know, open the task manager of the human brain and, and work out some of these kinks. You know, I don't know. I know there's this whole thing about sleep credits because I heard it from people who half listened to part of an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast where they had like a sleep expert. But I mean, toss all that in the bin. I mean, first thing we change is if you oversleep, you hold on to those extra hours and use them up when you undersleep. Easy upgrade. It's far better to design. Uh, maybe we could also improve my, uh, my uh, not my verbiage, not my vernacular, some other V word. My talking, my talking good, able to talk good. Uh, <laughs> fuck me, guys. <laughs> it's, it's something else. Um, I think also uh, they should alter your taste buds. So, you know, all your least favorite foods can taste like pizza or candy. Unless you don't like pizza or candy, in which case, well, I mean, in that case, I just outed myself as having the culinary taste of a, of a 10-year-old or a Charles Entertainment Cheese Esquire. But we all kind of knew that already, right? I mean, if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, Marco Pure White. Um, so in short, uh, you know, baby mad, baby didn't get what baby wanted, wah, wah, wah try to sleep like an adult one time and I felt bad wah 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 big baby baby wants his bottle looking ahead uh, I'm going to take a crack at my fitness pal this week uh, I need to get at least a ballpark of how much I'm eating in a day um, I'm getting closer and closer to hitting a wall where I'm just going to stop losing weight passively and we'll actually have to you know make solid active changes um So I'm going to try and get out in front of that and hopefully avoid hitting a a prolonged plateau where I'll just say, fuck it, no more podcast. I'm eating, I'm eating whatever candy coated hot dogs. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a good sign that I didn't have a, a delicious fat delicacy locked and loaded as an example. I couldn't think of one. I just kept thinking like Doritos. I've said Doritos enough times in this podcast where I think I'm like a honorary spokesperson. Um, anyway, all that said, uh, my meals for this week, you know, they are going to be pulled pork burritos. So, you know, not the most healthy. Uh, I'm taking a left in a flavor town and and making something closer to to Guy Fieri than Jamie Oliver, if you know what I mean. Um, actually, speaking of, uh, shit, I almost oh, fuck, I almost knocked my microphone over. This is not a professional setup. I have it. I have my microphone on top of a uh, empty, a huge empty box from Amazon, and there is socks and underwear behind it. So, you know, the downsizing studio is a little busted. Um, but yeah, as speaking of Guy Fieri, I was talking to my sister about, uh, at Food Network show, Beat Bobby Flay. Um, and I don't think I could actually watch it for an extended period of time because I think I'd start to hate Bobby Flay. Um, I mean, imagine being so confident that you base a show entirely around the, the premise that you're so good at cooking, you will take on all comers at making their specialty dish. And I mean, he wins so often. 
And I I especially don't like his attitude on the show. Like he's very cavalier. He's very chill. I don't like that he wears that he cooks wearing glasses. I mean, he like never wears glasses until he's cooking on that show. And it just makes me feel like he's just taking it easy, you know? Like he's just in his own house, you know, he's just throwing some stuff in the pan, just kinda eh, maybe I'll throw some cilantro in. I don't know. I'm just making it up, you know? And he just wins so often. And it makes me so angry. It makes me want to go on the show. But at the end of the day, I can't beat Bobby Flay. I definitely can't. I mean, maybe if, you know, I I was going to make some joke. I don't even know what joke I was going to make. I was going to literally just make a joke where it'd be like, well, maybe if I got someone else to cook for me, but literally that's having someone else go on the show. Then I was going to make a Ratatouille joke, but I was like, Ah, this movie came out like 14 years ago. I don't know if that's a current reference. Maybe it's more current than the references I usually make. But, you know, we're trying to move things ahead here. It certainly doesn't help that I'm just commenting on all the things I fuck up. I mean, this is like the this is the Take-Two podcast in full effect, folks. Um, but, personally, I think it would be far more interesting if every time Bobby Flay lost, he actually got flayed. You know, it was like a Nice, like, poetic justice kind of hook to the show, you know? Or, I mean, if he was just straight up competing for his life. Like, at the end of one episode, the judges go, Bobby, we loved your deep-fried Cajun quiche, but we're really going to have to give it to Jennifer's three-cheese quiche this time. And he just starts screaming and trying to run away, but but Guy Fieri just leaps out of the, out of the crowd and just slits his throat. And then instead of closing his eyes and placing like the two coins over his eyes, he just puts two dabs of donkey sauce. Ah, <laughs> oh, the idea of Guy Fieri as the fucking executioner of the food network is just unreal like every no one makes fun of them because they're just afraid they're next you know that the trunk of his convertible is just full of heads of of food network rejects i mean uh okay (laughs) what are we talking about um yeah anyway pulled pork this week uh my fitness pal i'm gonna try and get better sleep uh, <laughs> that about sums it up for the first half this week. We're going to do something a little different in the second half. Um, but first, a little word from our sponsor. Exploring other cultures can be an incredibly rewarding experience. It can open your mind up to new ideas and experiences, but it's not without its obstacles. The biggest obstacle is often a language barrier. You can find yourself unable to express yourself properly and it makes it that much more difficult to make a connection. And sure, you could spend tens of thousands of dollars on lessons to learn another language, but who has the time? Or what? Are you going to stand there with Google Translate and speech-to-text, trying to get your point across, like a jerk-off? Come on, don't you wish there was a better way? Well, there is. Obviously, I'm not just waxing poetic here. This week's sponsor is Interpolate the most advanced translating service on the market. Gone are the days of tedious lessons or wasted money on dictionaries. Interpolate pairs you with a native speaker of the language you wish you could learn. They shadow you all day long and translate your every every word, ensuring that you're never held back by your abysmal language skills. I know I could use this sometimes. (laughs) They have translators available for any language in any country. Visiting France? Bonjour! Taking a stroll through Barcelona? 
Hola, being interrogated in the Kremlin, Privet. Their translators are unobtrusive and discreet. You'll forget they're even there as you get lost in the alluring flow of a foreign tongue. Each translator dresses in a full morph suit, ensuring they don't interfere with your experience. And don't worry, you'll never be caught without your translator. They shout at you 24-7. They can even translate what you say in your sleep. How convenient. For a limited time, my listeners can access a free trial of Interpolate services by visiting interpolate.com slash downfordialects. That's interpolate.com slash downfordialects. Interpolate. Let us do the talking. Okay, so this week we're doing another sports episode, um, which means arguably I'm even more out of my depth than uh, with the science episodes. Um, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing hockey. Uh, now, you may be under the impression that as a Canadian, I know all about hockey. And you would be wrong. Because instead of watching or playing hockey as a child, I was playing video games, playing soccer, and watching a lot of wife swap. I mean, a lot of wife swap. Um, so, because of that, uh, my plan going forward uh, for sports episodes uh, is to break them into three parts. Uh, the first part... Uh, is the one you just listened to, the sort of weak uh, recap part. Then the next part, the one you're currently listening to, will be me talking about what I know about the sport with all the information I have about it, just as a matter of course, just living my life as is. Uh, And then the third part will be me talking post-research, going over what I got wrong. Presumably quite a lot. Um, So hockey. Canada's national sport. Kind of a big deal. Let's start at the beginning. I'm going to guess that hockey as we know it started in 1923. Sounds like a good year. Um, I'm pretty sure in Montreal. Uh, I know definitely that there were six original teams. Those teams, I think, are the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers, and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Full disclosure, I did listen to a podcast last week where a guy happened to list all of the original teams, so this part is a little bit cheeky uh, if I got them all right. Um, Realistically, I could only confidently say like three max for sure. You know, I'm not even 100% sure if the six I mentioned, uh, to be frank, Uh, are the actual original six, despite the fact that I heard all them listed less than a week ago. So, not ideal for a couple reasons. Um, As far as the rules go, uh, you got to take a big stick and hit a rubber urinal cake into the goal. I'm going to say there's seven players per team allowed on the ice at one time. Uh, You've got the center, the two wingers. Is it wingers? Wingsmen? Wingmen? birds uh actually maybe just two defensemen i don't think there's a center d in hockey based on my brief stint playing nhl 2020 um there's definitely a goalie though uh at least usually i know you can take him out and get an extra guy to try and hit the urinal cake uh that seems like it's probably if things are going pretty bad right like i mean just from a sportsman perspective like if you're doing so well against the other team, you're like, ah, come on, we'll just take out our goalie. Like, no, 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 we're not even going to sub anybody else in. We'll just have an open net. Do your best. 
like that, I feel like it's not allowed, or at least heavily frowned upon or cheered on, depending on <laughs> which team you support. Um, either way, I know that fighting is super allowed. I mean, you have to go into the penalty box, but only if you win, I think. Which, I mean, that also kind of makes sense. Like, you don't want to lose a fight and then also have to sit in a box next to the guy that just kicked your ass. Like, I feel like probably the winner should go into the box. Which I think is the rule, so it doesn't matter what I think. Um, but still, regardless of whether or not you would go into the penalty box, the refs will at least let you fight it out. Um which, I mean, to be honest, makes it a little bit odd that there's, like, anything that you're not allowed to do, right? Like, I know certain types of types of checks aren't allowed, uh, especially with your stick. Um, so, I mean, like, why would you bother trying to hit someone with your stick when you can just drop it and start laying into them, you know? Like, isn't fighting the most unsportsman of the unsportsman conducts? So, if you're basically allowed to do that, it seems odd to not allow stuff that's less severe than that. Um but we are talking about a sport that, despite having a, a large rubber bullet flying around at incredibly high speeds, uh, didn't mandate wearing helmets until, I mean, way later than it should have. I'm going to guess 1979. There's one goalie that has a mask where he marked the spots on his face where he'd have a scar if he wasn't wearing the mask. And I'm pretty sure that guy played in the 70s. So I'm going to say 1979. But uh, I wouldn't be completely surprised if it was in the 80s. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, looking back, people were allowed to smoke while they played. Because, I mean, if you're if you're not wearing a fucking helmet or a mask when a puck's flying around and you're beating the shit out of each other, it seems like smoking is probably allowed. I, it might even still be allowed. It's just something people don't do. But, I don't know. French Canadians smoking on ice seems, seems right, you know? I don't remember that in the... Uh, Maurice Richard movie that I mean if you're from Quebec you've seen that movie at least six times over the course of your schooling because let's be honest there's not really another French movie to watch besides like crazy or bon cop bad cop if your teacher's fucking cool but yeah I don't know I mean I don't even know if I can the best part of that movie is when he decks the guy from the Toronto Maple Leafs I mean that's the only part I remember from the movie and also, at the start, he gets mad because his girlfriend's dad buys him hamburger meat or something. I don't know. This is a different time, guys. I mean, listen. I would be ecstatic if my girlfriend's dad bought me hamburger meat. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a French-Canadian thing. Um, I don't think there's an offside rule in hockey. Uh, but there is a rule against icing. And... uh I'm not talking about on a cake. <laughs> okay. Uh, but basically, you're not allowed to just uh, fire the puck from one end of the rink to the other. So you can't just terry, terry pick. Mm. Okay. Okay, this is what we're doing now. Really waiting on that microchip to fix my fucking mouth. So you can't cherry pick the net uh, while your boys send the puck up to you. Um, I, I feel like I'm intense. I'm unintentionally starting to throw in like hockey lingo. I mean, you know, you can't just go full send, bud. You got to get them with some dirty dangles to get the W, bud. I mean, I, I don't think you can help but fall into a little bit of hockey slang when talking about hockey. 
Um, I mean, back when I was playing NHL, I decided to try and learn a bit more about like modern players and teams. And like every article about Connor McDavid had a title along the lines of, you know, people are still talking about Connor McDavid's greasy goal against you know, whoever. I mean, full on journalists in the title are talking like Churdleys. It's it's unreal. Uh, speaking of players, uh, I believe Wayne Gretzky is still the highest scoring player of all time. And I think it's not even close, right? Like, like he is like a thousand more than the next person or something. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, I think he might even be the highest scorer across all sports, which is kind of unreal. Um, Wayne Gretzky also looks exactly like all of the men on my dad's side of the family. He literally looks like he could be my uncle. Actually... You know what? Fuck it. Spread the word. Wayne Gretzky is my uncle. Tell your friends. It's time to get some rumors started on the Downsizing Podcast. I'm also going to start lying about my height. I'm not sure in which direction, though. I'm either going to say that I'm 5'4 or 6'8, depending on my mood. Uh, As far as teams go, I don't think there's any debate that the Montreal Canadiens are the best of all time, right? I mean, pretty sure they have the most Stanley Cup wins by a wide margin so i mean can't really argue right i mean if you haven't won the stanley cup the most then i guess you can't even really make the case right i mean at the end of the day you know the numbers don't lie Uh, i'm just trying to rile up you know any actual hockey fans who are listening to this as if they wouldn't already be furious at my stunning lack of knowledge uh, and the reality, the last time the Canadians won the Cup was before I was born, so I don't even know who's considered to be the best. If I were to guess, I'd say maybe the Chicago Blackhawks, just based on my gut. And that's really only because I vaguely recall them winning the Cup a few times in a row, I think around when I was in high school, which, I mean, that would be, oh, a decade ago. So, not exactly Mr. Current Events, are I? Are I or am I? It would be am I. Take two podcasts. Always in full swing. Um, speaking of the cup, the Stanley Cup, I don't know if there's any sport that treats their their ultimate prize like they do in hockey. Like, I mean, it's basically like a glorified beer bong, right? I mean, there's a guy whose job is just accompanying, accompanying the cup. Um, because I guess each player on the winning team gets time with it and... I mean, it really seems like half of them just want to pour beer in it. I mean, half of the people that win are like Russian. So this guy has to go to Russia and hang out with some some psycho as he, I guess, pours vodka in it and tries to punch a bear or something. Um, I don't know. I You don't see like NFL or NBA players do that. But I guess it's kind of hard to do that like with a ring or, you know, I don't really know what you can do with a ring besides like, I don't know, try and... Fuck it. Okay. Um, and because I mean, that's all you get when you, when you win like the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you don't actually, there's not actually a, a Super Bowl, right? Okay. I should, I should probably just keep it to one sport that I don't know anything about, right? I mean, we'll, we'll get the football eventually. Uh, but yeah, that, the cup guy, the guy that follows the cup around, he should write a book if he hasn't already. Um, I mean, that dude's probably seen, We've seen some shit. That honestly sounds like the premise of a comedy 
that would have come out in like the same era as Super Bad and Step Brothers, like a Judd Apatow movie, you know, like like Michael Sarah plays the guy who has to guard the cup and he just gets bullied by all these insane athletes who just try to snort coke out of it or piss in it or, or whatever they do. I don't know. I'm not an athlete. You get the rock to play the team captain. Seth Rogen is like the team manager. Bill Hader's the goalie. Uh, you know, there's a scene where Michael Sarah gets checked on open ice for some reason. And the movie writes itself. You can see the trailer now. Um, I'm not sure what else to cover when it comes to hockey. Uh, I've been to a few hockey games and it's, it's pretty awesome. Like, you know, it's a little telling that I remember specifically that the pizza I had was really good and, and not a whole lot about the game. Um, one game, my dad and I ended up sitting in the front row and right on the board, there's what looks like a shelf, like a little shelf for you to put like your food or your drinks. Um, so before the game started, I went to put my stuff there. And my dad was like, you're not going to want to do that. And I was like, why? And he just told me I'd see. And within the first 30 seconds, someone got checked right into the boards directly in front of me. And it felt more like someone crashed a car into it. It was so fucking loud. And the board shook like insanely. Um, turns out uh, hockey's a bit of a rough sport. But I am going to be honest. Um, I've seen I've seen far more ringette games live than I have seen hockey games. And... And it is not even a little bit close. Um, <laughs> that's that's for another day. We are going to have a ring out episode. We're going to do uh, Aussie Rules football because it seems weird. Uh, probably rugby. You know all the big ones. Eventually I'll get to, you know, like curling or something. Because as my dad points out, it's like the one sport you can like smoke and drink while you play it. And, and darts doesn't count because darts is not a fucking sport. Um, but you know, if I get enough backlash for saying the darts aren't a sport, maybe I'll do a fucking darts episode, but doesn't seem likely. Um, uh, I think I'm going to call it there for this part and you know, Hey, I separated this into three parts, kind of like a hockey game. Hey, look at that little something extra for you. Uh, in the next part, I'm going to correct the things I got wrong in this part, which is Probably I'm going to ballpark like 95% or you miss 100% of the shots you don't take and you get 95% of the stuff you said in part two wrong. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Um, I'm also going to work out some ways to improve the game uh, like I did in the soccer episode. You know, let's take five, you know, do some light stretches and we'll all meet back here. All right, gang? Let's do it. And we're back once again. Uh, this is the first time I haven't recorded everything all in the same day. Um, we're always keeping things fresh here on the Downsizing Podcast. So uh, let's get into it. I'm going to be pretty honest, guys. Um, I got way more correct than I thought I would. Uh, I think I just felt the, the spirit of Canada flow through me. Um, I instinctually just knew so much about hockey. I'm like a like a worse-dressed Don Cherry, or a better-dressed Don Cherry. You could really make the case in either direction. I think it'd be fair to say, at least, I'm Don Cherry with less drip. Um, okay, so I said the hockey, as we know, it started in 1923, but the NHL was actually founded in 1917, so I was wrong about that. But 
I did nail the original six based on pure instinct because I think we can agree I'm a natural athlete. I have an instinctual feel for sports. And that's what allows me to suss out these kinds of details. And what's more, it was in Montreal, my guys. So, vive le Québec libre, let's see. Uh, I was also pretty right about the amount of players. I originally said seven, but I did walk it back. I caught it. I called an audible, and I reduced it to six, so points there. Um, and I had it absolutely dialed in on when the helmet mandate came in. 1979, baby. Uh, the hockey player I was uh, talking about originally with the mask was a guy named Jerry Cheevers, who incidentally uh, has Prime Minister face. Look him up. He looks like a Prime Minister from you know the 1950s to 70s that never even really heard of, but... Turns out he invented Manitoba or something. Um, And apparently the mask started after he got hit in the face by a puck in practice. Um, He was wearing a mask, but he still took the opportunity to get out of practice because, you know, seems like the kind of guy that didn't really like going to practice that much. Um, And you might get a better feel for his personality when you learn that uh, after leaving practice, he was found in the dressing room smoking and drinking a beer. Um, which is perfect. That's exactly what you want from a hockey player from the 60s. Um, his coach was pissed that he was, you know, smoking and drinking instead of attending practice. Practice. I should practice English. It's smoking and drinking instead of attending practice for a hockey team in the NHL. Um, but a trainer drew a little scar on his mask as a joke. And from then on, anytime he got dinged in the face, he marked where he got hit. And uh, he estimates that his mask saved him from over 150 stitches over the course of his career. And in what is the most inexplicable addition to a Wikipedia article I've ever encountered, uh, Cheever's Wikipedia page points to his legacy and influence by mentioning uh, his impact on Blackville Bride's lead singer, Andy Beersack. Um, yeah, they, they couldn't find anyone who actually played hockey, just some random singer from an emo band who happened to play hockey as a kid. You know, it's like mentioning that Michael Jordan inspired Adam Sandler to play basketball in his free time. Seems, seems a little irrelevant if you ask me, but again, I'm not a big sports guy, so maybe Andy Biersack is bigger than the NHL than I'm, I'm prepared to admit. Um, I said that Wayne Gretzky was the best player of all time, and that seems to be pretty true, pretty not really up for debate. Um, I'm going to be honest, though. Um, I was thinking that he scored over 2,000 goals, but he actually scored 894. I was thinking about his points. He has 2,857 career points. And the second highest points, uh, which is uh, Yarmor Yager, um, he has 1,921. No one else has more than 2,000 career points. Um, So I'm really proud of my uncle, um, to be honest. Really doing the family well. Uh, I don't don't know how to really compare his record to other athletes across sports, because, like, I mean, I don't even want to get into baseball, but, like, all kinds of different points and different things. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and award myself the W on that one, that he is the 
highest scoring or has the most career points across all sports. Um, It only seems fair. You know, it's Wayne fucking Gretzky, guys. We can afford to give him that honor. They don't call him the okay one. Um, Oh, and by the way, there there is an offside rule in hockey, which, in hindsight, uh, seems kind of obvious. As for the greatest team of all time, honestly, I mean, I feel out of my depth. Uh, looking into it, people compared, um, you know, specific teams or within, I guess, what are called like dynasties. So it'd be like the 1920s Ottawa Senators or like the 1970-something Oilers. And uh, I'm not throwing my hat in the ring on this argument. So I'm going to hold to my original Montreal Canadiens pick. Um, incidentally, though... Um, in uh, looking looking it up and trying to you know find an answer, I found out that in the current season, the Carolina Hurricanes have the most points in the league. And I mean, to me, the the Carolina Hurricanes are just the team I picked in NHL 2006 because I like their logo. And now they're like leading the league. It's unreal. I mean, I mean, I guess in you know in two days they could easily be knocked down to number two, and it's not that impressive anymore. But you know, it was just weird. I would never have guessed Carolina Hurricanes. I picked Minnesota Wild over Carolina Hurricanes. Again, based on my uninformed opinion, I'm sure someone's going to tell me that from 2015 to 2020, the Minnesota Wild has actually, you know, built up their, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I truly don't give a shit. Go ahead and email me your uh, complaints about my uh, hockey facts. You'll be the second email my account's received uh, besides the order confirmation for Domino's Pizza. Um, but the stuff with the Carolina Hurricanes, like, this is what happens when you don't follow sports consistently. Like, things just change really drastically and it feels like out of nowhere. Like, I remember in high school, people joking that Carey Price tried to kill himself by jumping in front of a train, but it just went between his legs. Of course, implying that he's not a very good goalie at all. Um, but then, like, six months later, they're talking about how amazing the goalie was, how he's the best ever. And it's like, what the fuck happened? Did he just stop, like, a thousand goals in, like, in that time? And they're like, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. Um, oh, and uh, Buffalo has the lowest amount of points in the league right now. So, I guess those fuckers uh, better stick to making wings. Uh, am I right or am I right, folks? Buffalo? Buffalo, New York, uh, Buffalo Wings, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I don't have that much material about Buffalo. So, sorry to my Buffalo listeners, you're not getting that much representation. Maybe I'll do an episode on Buffalo to make up for it. But but most most likely not, for being honest here. Um... Now, uh, that about covers it for things that I got right or wrong. Um, as we established, I got pretty much everything right, so it's pretty impressive, I would say. Um, but now I would like to go over some ways I think we can improve or modify the game. Okay? I'm just going to, you know, I'm just spitballing here. If Gary Bettman's listening, feel free to take these ideas. I don't ask for much in return. Uh, first things first, we can make uh, a huge circular rink. And have four-way hockey. 
you know, I think it would go a long way to making hockey look like an ancient battle, kind of like 300 on ice, you know, I think it'd really, you know, hockey as it is, you know, there's kind of a back and forth to it. I think there needs to be a little bit more chaos. I think people are too used to the flow of the game. I think we need to really make it a little more unpredictable. Um, of course, you could maybe have like two on two. That could be interesting in its own way, but I really like just four teams just duking it out. You can probably get away with a lot more. You can probably do a lot more tripping and slashing. You know? It's just a thought. Another thing they could do, um, which personally uh, I would love, 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 love if they did this. I would like to see a game where every player on the team wears the goalie's gear but still plays the original position. I mean, it's just great. I mean, it's one thing to be able to score goals when you, you know, can build up a ton of momentum and quickly pass between your teammates and, you know, do all your stick handling and shit. But if you have to lumber across the ice and just desperately try and hold onto the puck with your giant oar of a stick, I mean, that's skill. That's entertainment. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. It'd be like, Hagoli, Golaki, Johnny Golaki, Johnny Galecki. Uh, this should be called a tangential podcast because I don't think I make a point at all. I think I just make side points about what I'm talking about and then it all kind of just gloms together. And maybe this is just like soothing for people because you don't really have to think because you don't really have to follow along. You just kind of let my voice wash over you. Maybe. I mean, hey, listen, Audible, if you want me to do some, some, some what? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest with you guys. Sometimes I'm talking and I'm just kind of looking ahead as I talk and I re- and I forget that I'm talking. So the words coming out of my mouth don't really have any connection to anything. And then I come back into myself and I go, oh yeah, I'm talking. And then I just go, I mean, I wasn't even, I don't even know where I was going with that. It's like, it's like if somebody else is talking and then you have to take over their sentence, you're like, well, I, I don't even know how that started. So I don't know how I can possibly continue this with any real, whatever word would go there, you know, listen, not a big word guy, barely a small word guy. Take two podcast is. So they're making a lot of appearances these days on the downsizing podcast. Um, anyway, finally, the last idea I have. Um, just cut out the middleman, get rid of scoring and the nets and everything, and just make it boxing on ice. Just don't even give them gloves. Just let a bunch of dudes in peak physical condition get on skates and just beat the shit out of each other. People are going to watch figure skating. People are going to watch the UFC. Combine them together. UFC on ice. There's a lot going on. I don't know what kind of psycho you... I don't know if you could find that many psychopaths who are willing to not only fight, but fight with knives on their feet and just kind of pray that nobody's going to try and use that to their advantage. But, I mean, I say that, and there's also slap fight leagues. So... I mean, I guess there's no real shortage of of psychopaths out there looking to 
be the next possible Chuck Liddell of <laughs> iceboxing. Um, okay. I think I've, uh, I think I've disgraced myself as a Canadian enough for one day. So I'm going to call it there for today. Um, thanks for listening. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at excessively underscore Caucasian, or you can send me an email, uh, at downsizingpod at gmail.com. Tune in next week to see if I've got deported for the things I've said in this podcast. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period. Where players dance with skates of flash, the home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the trees like bumblebees. They travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside. It's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old.